0: What is up, everybody, and welcome to a very special edition of the Denver Sports Podcast here on the best of the decades, the top of the tens week here at DNVR. Today, we're going to be talking about who owned the decade in all of the four major sports, not just Denver athletes, but around the entire league. I am joined today, seated to my left, covering the Avs beat slash the NHL beat. It's A.J.
1: Hayflee. Hello. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm very delayed. we got to get better at, that, at these. Hello. Well. hello. Seated to my far right covering Major League Baseball and the Colorado Rockies is Drew Creesman. Also hello. Oh. <laughs> your two voices are very distinct. Yeah. So this is the, the point of these intros is so people know who's who. Oh, covering man. the Denver Broncos and the NFL, it's Ryan Konigsberg. This is me. That this is, is my voice. voice. That is your voice. There you go. And of course, I'm Adam Matas covering the NBA and the Denver Nuggets. So I'm going to start with you, Drew, as I did the last time. We always start with baseball. This this decade, what first of all was there a dominant athlete or team in the 2010s?
2: There was definitely a dominant athlete. Uh, you, you gotta whether or not there was a dominant team depends on how you measure baseball, and there are a lot of fun arguments to be had there. But let's do the easy one first. Mike Trout, mm, best player okay. in baseball, one of the best professional athletes in the world. This guy is on pace to shatter records uh it, depending on what you look at i'm not the biggest war guy in the world but when you get to a big enough sample size and you start talking about comparing guys entire careers mike trout has been to this point better than barry bonds or mickey mantle were what yeah i mean mike trout is, he's that good wow. he could probably play and not play another baseball game and he's 28 years old and going to the hall of fame wow. if he retired tomorrow mike trout belongs he's got a roughly equivalent war right now at 28 years old of larry walker's entire career give me some idiot stats on him right yeah i mean i i don't have them in front of me but he's gonna hit over 300 every year he's gonna Mm. hit 30 home runs every year he's he doesn't steal bases the way he used to but there was one time where he was among the best base stealers in the league and he's among the top five to ten defensive center fielders in the league he there's nothing he can't do he looks like a football player playing baseball um, it's it's absolutely insane. It, it's tough to get with all the debates you can have about how to measure ballplayers, a consensus. Like after him, there's a huge toss Really? Up. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you could get Nolan Arenado into that conversation at two or three. Wow. There are a few other guys, Mookie Betts, but there's no debate. Yeah. Mike Trout's number one and comfortably.
3: Okay, so stop me if I'm derailing the conversation here. Um, let me go if you like this. <laughs> Isn't this the biggest problem with baseball? That Mike Trout is is that good. He is that good. And yet, to Adam, that what you just said was kind of surprising. Right. Because Mike Trout somehow doesn't have star power. And part of it is because I don't think he wants it. Part of it is because I, I don't think baseball does a great job of glorifying their stars in the same way that basketball does. Like, when we get to basketball, it's going to be obvious. Everyone's going to know. Um, but Mike Trout is like that guy, yet the world doesn't know that.
2: 100%. Everything you just said is absolutely true, and it frustrates me. Uh, I've had a lot of differences of opinions with the current commissioner of Major League Baseball uh, over a lot of <laughs> things, but easily the most frustrating thing he said to to me in the last decade. He didn't say it to me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but in the last decade, when he said Mike Trout isn't marketable. Mm. And I thought, isn't that kind of your... John. yeah so right So he's like a
3: good looking guy he's really good at baseball run tape
2: yeah. what are you talking about he is an absurd athlete so yeah that baseball doesn't market him he should be a household name a global superstar on the level of the brady's the bronze the whoever's and it's that he's not one it hurts that is an individual baseball player can't turn his team into a contender right yeah that's so a big they part of it one uh he's been in the playoffs one time and i don't think they've he's won a single postseason game so there's that but come on <laughs> what about general parity in in major league
0: baseball because i think one of the perspectives like the casual sports fans have about it is that there's certain teams that spend a lot of money and are consistently at the top i mean was this decade
2: how, how would you define this decade just in terms of parity? Oddly enough, it, there was quite a bit, but that also remained true. Yeah. It was just the team, the rich teams kind of traded off. So the first half of the decade was totally owned by the San Francisco Giants, right. who are a complete afterthought right now. And it's easy to forget that they won three World Series championships in the decade because the last one was in 2014. Mm. And they haven't been back to the postseason since. Right. The team has completely fallen apart, and the Dodgers have won the division every year since. Um but you know, it's not we ha, we didn't do like the Yankees in the decades right, before yeah, that, right? right? Yeah. Um,
3: By the way, this is one of the I think only oh, yeah. two decades ever that the Yankees haven't won a championship. That's correct. That's kind of a defining
0: trait of the decade, to be honest with you. I mean, it, it's it's kind of absurd to say in baseball's a hundred whatever year history, but yeah,
2: absolutely. And so it's kind of been the Giants, the Red Sox emerging as as a powerhouse after a hundred years of uh, them not being one, uh, and then. And now this is all very complicated and difficult to talk about, the Houston Astros. Mm -hmm. And that's really what cost the Yankees this decade was that the Red Sox and the Astros became such big contenders. And and now we're starting to wonder how legitimately the Astros have come by their Mm. success this decade. Where the other teams that have been very successful, the Red Sox, the Giants, and the the Yankees to whatever degree they've been in there – money yeah lots and lots the the today as we sit here the yankees just threw 250 million dollars or 40 million dollar a year contract at garrett cole because they can
0: yeah this is going to be an unsavory conversation but let's just it's like a band-aid let's rip it off ryan who dominated the nfl in the 2010s
3: (laughs) oh it was the patriots (laughs) up and down the board they dominated the entire decade Brady's the best player, maybe of all time. <laughs> Belichick is the best coach, maybe of all time. Yeah. It all happened mostly during this decade. As I was preparing for this, I looked. In 2010, they did not make the AFC championship game. They have been in every single AFC championship wow. game since then. They won five of them. They, they uh, won the multiple Super Bowls. It's like, man. Man. They uh, – it's not a conversation. Yeah. There's no one else who even enters it. It's very obviously
2: the With Patriots. With them, you have to go cross-sport, right? You Because de- the Patriots are of this decade are one of the most dominant teams of all time.
3: Yep. And the crazy thing is it's not just this decade. Like, it's been right. over two decades Right, that they, w- they would have won the last decade. This um, was a more dominant decade, though. It was. Especially
0: how it finished. I mean
3: – Yeah, and – the the crazy. I mean, when you look at the AFC championship games, that's what really like defines it. It's like every single year, you just pencil them in. They're going to the AFC championship game. Maybe someone gets lucky and beats them. If not, you know they're they're back in the Super Bowl. So, does this team using a
0: basketball analogy here? Are they more of the '90s Bulls? Would you say, or of the like Spurs,
3: the Tim Duncan Popovich Spurs? Huh. That's an interesting uh, comparison. I would probably go the Bulls route because they have the GOAT. So what's funny about that is
0: if you asked this question in the 2000s, you'd almost certainly say they were the the, the, Spurs, the Spurs, right? Yeah. They weren't every year. They weren't back-to-back, whatever. But in a weird way, the Patriots had a decade of being the Spurs, one of the greatest basketball teams of all time, and then a decade of being the Bulls, which is probably the greatest dynasty. So kind of a ridiculous run. Yep. Yeah, let's. Should we move on? I, I mean, yeah,
3: I'm trying to think if like you can even include some other people in the conversation, but just for fun. I, I mean, Peyton had his little run there. Yeah. Like that was fun. But again, he had his little. Run. It's, it's funny because it was run. a Zane. fantastic run, destroyed like it was an NFL incredible records, incredible run, it was won super a Super cute.
0: Bowl. <laughs> you know, with some some title games, but yeah, compare relatively. Yeah. it it w- it
3: was. A you football. just have to thank the thank the uh, the good Lord above for Archie Manning because <laughs> without him. Tom Brady has like 10 rings right now because yeah. the, only the Manning uh, kids have been able to stop him.
0: So this is also the decade of the like, hits being more heavily penalized, especially on the quarterback. I mean, how much of that do you think defines this decade of
3: the NFL? Um, a lot. It's, it's the decade of offense. Um, yeah. and you know, you can point at Tom Brady again as, as the reason why they started protecting the quarterback so much. Um, they took away low hits because Tom Brady his ACL, you know, like
1: they start. Didn't care what happened to Carson Palmer. No, no. But
3: <laughs> they, you know, you can't, you got like a, a two foot area where you can hit the quarterback. Now you got to hit them in a very specific way. And it really is, it's you tough. know, mostly because of Tom Brady. Um, it's, it's also, you know, we complain about it because we want it to be a certain way, but it's one of the it's one of the things that makes football great is the quarterbacks and, yeah, you know, sure. the dynasties and that sort of thing. Um, and offense is what sells. Like, you know, you have a Super Bowl. Like, we had this last year where the Patriots won. Surprise, surprise. But it was this defensive – Slog and everyone complained about it. Like, if you go, the, the, the and you, you know, you look at the Twitter reactions, I bet 80% of them were negative. Yeah. Whereas you have that game in the last season oh, yes. of the Rams and the Chiefs, which was mired by uh defensive holding calls. Like, they were <laughs> every third down, there was a defensive holding call, but it resulted in both teams scoring 40 something points, and everyone loved and it everyone and was falling it. All, all over each other to talk about how, what a great game it was. The so. same
0: thing is in the NBA, where in today's league, you have to be more versatile than ever. I think you have to be smarter than ever defensively. Like it, It's actually almost harder defensively, because you have to make so many rotations and cover guys in different spots than ever before. The In the old days, you could just hit guys, and people were like, oh, I missed that. Games were 81 to 83, and it wasn't like how talented it was. It's just like, oh, let's send in our goon to break this guy's ankle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And people are like, that's what I am No, you don't. Yeah. You hated that. Right. It, right. You just think you didn't. Uh, nostalgia. And,
3: yeah, and we all, like, whenever a quarterback gets injured, we all, like, d- just die, you know. Yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. this is so terrible. Like, how did this happen? Like, you know, Carson Wentz gets injured in his MVP season, what was, c- could have been an MVP season, and everyone was, like, so upset. And it's and then, like, you know, football is saying, like, yes, this is why we don't let the quarterbacks get hit, because when Aaron Rodgers breaks his clavicle, it sucks, and it totally takes the wind out of the season. So yeah. it totally has been the the – you know the soft yeah. decade uh, of
1: football, but it's for a reason. I, I don't think it's just football. I think player safety is one of the defining aspects of sports in the 2010s. Agreed, because uh, you know hockey, the enforcer is no longer a, a role. Yeah. yeah, it just it's a job that just doesn't exist anymore. You know, you talk about NBA fans love the the, the Bill Lambier, right, know, bad boy piston teams, and nobody's it's, watching it's Bill Lambeer highlights on YouTube. <laughs> right? <Like laughs> right, nobody's like, oh, I'm gonna.
0: His five greatest hits. <laughs> like, come on, man!
1: Right, and and that's like that's I think one of the defining parts of sports now, and and why you see like those angry nerds that go out there and they they complain about the wussification of sports. Yeah, right. Yeah, and and how it's it's softer now because we want the players to stay healthy. Right. We want the players to play. We want the best players to be as healthy as possible so that they can play at the highest level for as long as they can. And I think that's one of the defining aspects of all of sports is all of the leagues trying to figure out ways to better protect their players uh, because we we learned a lot more, you know, especially about brain injuries. And we
0: had some high-profile athletes with, especially in the NFL, with mm-hmm. serious. CTE became a storyline, a right, major yeah. storyline, and we had some high-profile athletes, Junior say, among them, who, yeah. you know, had very tragic endings. That I think in the '90s we rooted for. oh, this, this, this. it has kind of changed the way we've watched sports.
3: It's crazy, actually, how it, it could have been a much bigger story, and I think that the leagues themselves have done a pretty good job of pushing that down. Mm. I mean, you had Aaron Hernandez, right? You know, like right. this dude Advanced killed stage, people, yeah. and uh, and ends up killing himself, and it's a, uh, and he ends up, you know, comes out, he has. Intense CTE. You have the dude for the Chiefs, uh, I think his name is jovan Belcher, who killed himself oh, yeah. at the team facility. Mm. Like these things are yeah. intense, yeah. really, really dark stuff. And I actually think it could have been a much, much bigger deal than it even ended up being. And uh it's definitely a
1: good thing that player safety has become a bigger deal. Yeah, there was uh there was an eighteen month period in the NHL where I think four former enforcers all committed suicide. Oh wow. And oh, it was wow. and it was and it became like it was like, okay, what's going on? Mm. Like why is it that every like guys and it was all guys from this specific role from this era, like what's going on here? What is it that when their careers are over that's causing these problems?
0: That's what missed me on all the conversation about back in the day we used to have you know hitters or whatever. Like, it missed me on it. I don't, I don't miss it one bit.
1: Um, yeah, guys, guys getting their heads slammed against the ice and, and guys whose entire job was to go out there and fight another guy who yeah. stayed up all night sick to his stomach thinking about it. Right, you yeah. know and, and it was like, oh, that's my job on the team. like Fighting is at a healthy place in hockey where it's an organic thing a guy gets blown up. You know, a guy takes a cheap shot at a teammate. You go and you fight him. It's no longer this like organized tango. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Where yeah, these, guys, these guys these guys <laughs> take the helmets off and they just try and yeah. bash each other's heads in. And you can't say that it, it it it's. There's never been a single goal scored during a fight. There's never there's never been a single game won because of a fight. You still have to go out there and score right and play the game. And you look back on it and it's just like. What was the point of this? Right, right.
3: and in the end, it, it results in the actual game itself being more featured. You know, right? The, the players who can score goals and, <laughs> and the guys that are actually good at the
0: sport, right? Yeah. Like, right. We, we want s- them. Skill we is want the them. emphasis. <laughs> right. Look
1: at the way the NHL has changed. Look at just how they they prioritize defensemen now. They want. You know, sub-six-foot defensemen are now in vogue because they can skate and they can move the puck. And you aren't as worried about the big brawny guy that's going to, you know, he can't skate. You know, and you're like, is this guy, can he even stand up straight? Yeah. And, you know, but he would go into the corner and he would throw an elbow into somebody's face. And, you know, that guy just doesn't have a job anymore. Those guys have slowly been been weeded out of the league and I think that's one of the defining eras of, uh, one of the defining aspects of all these sports. We could have yeah. done a whole podcast the, on like yeah. the trends. I was
2: to say, I, I, just, I it would be remiss if I didn't mention Buster Posey and not being able to run over the catcher. Right. Oh, you can't do yeah. very yeah. similar right? to the, the Brady Tom Brady Ray. situation. The, the, can't, the, can't hurt a star, man. Throwing
0: 100 mile per hour fastballs at people's head though is still a thing that I'm just like this is so bizarre. and <laughs> It's so bizarre that we
1: just kind of agree that this is a part of the game. <laughs> yeah. Well, and there's more pushback on it than I think there ever has yeah. been because every time it happens you see like half of the baseball community is like what the hell is this guy doing and the other so half don't is crowd like the plate. well and the, <laughs> and the other the other half is like oh should I hit him." and there yeah.
2: is like a very weird nuance to it where like it's totally okay to hit somebody in the butt like if you're gonna oh. throw if you're gonna throw <laughs> and that was like nolan's thing like if you're gonna throw because nolan knows there are times he's gonna get thrown at yeah. so he's like okay fine i know it's coming if it's up above my shoulders i'm coming to get you yeah that's what happened with perdomo yeah. right I don't bring that stuff up here. But
0: I think if it's you if you hit somebody in the head with a fastball, the the guy should be able to charge the out with his bat. <laughs> <laughs> right. you get Take his That's like literally straight the difference? Up. Straight right? up, it's no, literally attempted murder. <laughs> right? <laughs> it is. Right. It is. We have to move on though, because I want to hear about the NHL in the 2010s and just was there a dominant player and or team?
1: Yeah, I think that uh, it was a combination of them because there there were uh, eight of the titles were won by three teams. So, yeah. you know, hmm. Chicago, Pittsburgh, and Los Angeles. And it's funny because, like, you look at the Two standings. great hockey towns in Los look, Angeles. You, <laughs> you look at the standings today, and Chicago and L.A. are at the bottom, uh, and Pittsburgh's still doing what they always do, and they hang around. But at the beginning of the decade, it, they those were the teams. Uh, you know, Patrick Kane leads the decade in scoring. Sidney Crosby, the one of the five best players of all time, and – back half of the decade, you know, has been bookended by the rise of Connor McDavid, who will also go down as one of the five best players of all time. Uh, but but Crosby and Malkin and the Penguins really, I would say, they and and Kane and Taves and the Blackhawks, Duncan Keith, Corey Crawford, those guys, uh, they were – those were, like, the teams of the decade. Mm-hmm. And those were some of the, the, the stars. And Crosby, you talk about a, a guy that missed in his career. It didn't happen this decade, but – in his career, missed a season, almost two full seasons with concussion issues, mm, and yeah. it was a, a huge deal. I mean, yeah. this is this is like the guy that they had built their entire marketing campaign around. Uh, the Pittsburgh might as well just set up shop on NBCSN every year because it's always every every move that Sidney Crosby makes is nationally televised.
0: Is he the most um, influential? Hockey player of the decade, would you say? I know that's a slightly different question.
1: Probably, I think there will be uh, there will end up being more people that. Oh, Sidney Crosby was the guy I looked up to. Okay, yeah. The, certainly, the first half. The second half will probably be McDavid. Yeah, because McDavid's had the kind of start to his career. That we have very, very rarely seen in NHL history.
3: I feel the same way about McDavid as I kind of do about Trout. I don't think um, he's being marketed does as a no, international a robot. superstar.
1: There's no personality. I tried. To, I was very excited to meet him and talk to him one time. <laughs> There's nothing there. He makes it absolutely but, as difficult as possible to market him and and how great he is. So does his organization. Yeah. Because the Oilers are one of the most inept organizations in all of pro sports. They are atrociously run uh and and they have somehow managed to miss the postseason every year but one out of his career despite having the best player in the league.
2: It's almost exactly Mike trout it's
1: it well and right now they're atop their their conference their they're atop their division and they've got a running mate and the question is can they keep it up because it's like four dudes on that team and then a bunch of replacement players. Yeah. Well, switching gears
0: now over to the NBA, this one is as easy as it was, I think, in the NFL for the player. LeBron James made the finals from 2011 to 2018 with two different teams, but it's still ridiculous that over that time period, just nobody was beating him. And it wasn't particularly close most years. You know, he only walked away with the three championships. Yeah, Yeah, he only walked away with the three (laughs) titles out of eight tries or whatever, but It was as good of a bet to say that LeBron would be in the finals as anything in sports and and the dominance the ability to kind of switch teams and I know he kind of he's also among if not the most transformative or influential athlete not just player but athlete because the other thing that LeBron brought to the NBA especially but I think it's leaking into some of these other leagues is the idea of player empowerment and the idea of I'm actually the most important commodity this organization has and I I can leverage that in a lot of different ways. And that has had some good effects, I think, on the NBA. And it's had a lot of bad ones as sure. well. It's sort of a Pandora's box. But um, LeBron James, without a doubt. And what's funny about that is LeBron James dominated the decade. But the Golden State Warriors had the best single best five-year run of any team in NBA history, and that's half a decade. You're talking about the back half of that. The Warriors were actually the dominant team. So it's kind of interesting that you get two extremes, one team, one player. Well, and
3: doesn't that underline why the NBA is – probably had the best decade of any of the sports here in terms of their popularity and their rise is because you had two things that everyone in the country knew. Like everyone knows about LeBron and can tune in and watch LeBron and understand that. And then there was also this other thing with the Warriors where like they were totally different style and it was kind of more finesse ball. Like, I feel like that is why the NBA rose so well is because it was like they had two of just the biggest storylines out there. But
0: it's also, again, like a double-edged sword because I think what happened in this decade in the NBA was you had that immense popularity, but then you almost relied on it. It would be like the NFL doesn't need Tom Brady to be in the Super Bowl for them to succeed, but the NBA does need LeBron James to be on a high-profile team and good, and it propped him up, but it also created this reliance, I think, on super teams, on superstars having success in a, in a weird way. I don't think the NBA like manipulates them
1: to be there, but they do just provide the resources for those teams and those players to be great. I do think that the player empowerment is fantastic in a lot of ways because you know, you should players should be encouraged to move and it's and transactions are exciting. I mean, the the middle of the night last year the, this last summer, I was I was just sitting around hanging out playing video games, talking with friends when the Kawhi Paul George thing happened and it was like, Paul George right. got involved in this. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. Where did <laughs> out this of come nowhere come from? Seemingly like, yeah. like, and you know, like the city of Toronto was like monitoring every move Kawhi had made. And, and it was, it was interesting. And it, I think that that kind of attention is good for the league. I think the bad part is that it's very obvious that there are certain markets that are right. always going to be fighting an uphill battle that may not necessarily be true in other sports
0: what you want out of sports is a meritocracy you want it to be so that the best players rise to the top the best teams and organizations rise to the top and player empowerment in theory allows that kevin garnett wasted most of his career on an incompetent organization in large part because this idea of oh i can just leave if they don't you know do right by me i can do it, it wasn't around back then and nobody wants kevin garnett to go to waste nobody wants mm-hmm. lebron james to go to waste quite frankly in cleveland with a crazy owner and a completely incompetent team nobody wanted that to happen but at the same time how if that's how it started it's now evolved into a place where it does feel i think 10 15 20 percent less hopeless for teams like denver and some of your smaller markets to ever compete because these guys player empowerment relies player uh, relies on players to kind of care about the parity and overall good of the league, and they don't. They want to play in Los Angeles, New York, right. Miami, and in the same markets. Well, they clearly don't want to play in New York
1: that badly. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you can, proving you can be a bad enough well, organization let's, let's, to be like,
0: Eww. Let's use this as a nice segue, because this is. I, I want to ask two questions sort of to, to end this, and the first one is, who's going, is there a player on the rise or a team on the rise that seems to be going to dominate the next decade? And the only reason I bring it up in this moment is, Messiah Jiri is rumored to be the main target for the Knicks. The Knicks' problem is complete incompetence, and if they get the most competent general manager in there, who knows what happens. But that won't be my answer. I'm going to start with
2: you though, Drew. Is there somebody that looks like or a team that looks like they're about to dominate a decade? If you'd asked me this three months ago, I would have said the Houston Astros. Oh, okay. <laughs> but they're yeah. I mean they're they're in real trouble. They're they're in they're gonna lose draft picks. They might have their t- they're not gonna have their title voided, but it's on the table. That's how much trouble they're in um the New York Yankees it it's it's <laughs> terrible they it, a bounce back decade the thing that's really interesting <laughs> <Bounce> is <laughs> <back decade>. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, i know right baseball's a couple of years away from a new collective bargaining agreement and mm. i think we're in for a work stoppage because of the exact problem that you're talking about where there's like the perception of parity but it's still four rich markets trading off mm. who gets the the big name guys and the, the you know the the second wild card has really helped to to make a little bit more parity, and and you saw the Nationals take advantage of that this year to to an excellent degree. But it's just not like they're a poor organization, right? And and they might not make the postseason at all the next decade, and yeah. that wouldn't shock me. The team that just won the World Series, you know, so it, it's very difficult to predict those kinds of things. You know, I would have said the Astros because of their up and coming stars, who would also like Carlos Correa could own the next decade. But there's a weird black cloud hanging over all of that right now so i don't know like like baseball is really i think as much as any of the sports up in the air for a new powerhouse to emerge because i think we're slowly but steadily going to move away from the era where the biggest budget meant it's always going to be Yankees, Red Sox, Cubs, and Dodgers are going to be there. If I'm
0: hearing you correctly, you're basically – Rockies. It's the Rockies. It's, yeah, it's yeah, the, the Rockies. Okay. The Rockies. Sweet. That's great news. What about the NFL there, Ryan?
3: Yeah, this is a, an interesting one, and I'm going to go uh, down a different path here. I think that the next decade is going to be dominated uh, by the black quarterback. Oh, interesting. Um, you've got – deshaun watson you've yeah. got patrick Mahomes, yeah. you've got lamar jackson and then also russell wilson who's been doing this for a while now but he's also not going anywhere anytime soon um those that is the exciting part of the nfl right now like if you put those guys on primetime right now everyone is tuning in everyone wants to see lamar jackson right now yeah. this dude is incredible patrick mahomes I mean, he's having a down year compared to last season. He's also still doing incredible things. Deshaun Watson is certainly on the rise. And, again, Russell Wilson is still doing his thing. Um, And then you could even, you know, Dak Prescott is still, you know, an interesting character in there. So um, I I was originally going to go with the athletic quarterback, um, but I feel like that would be, you know, just. But but there
0: is a lot, I think, about the NFL and sort of how it's evolved culturally you know in this way
3: absolutely and I think it's going to uh, I think this is an amazing thing that's happening uh, right before our eyes because one of the reasons why you know quarterback has in history been viewed as a white position starts all the way down at youth football right where yeah. you know uh, a, y- a young kid comes in and he's black and the coach just says all right oh you're the running back or you're the wide receiver right right and now i think you're going to have lamar jackson and these and these other guys inspiring kids to be like no i want to be a quarterback right and i think it's going to be amazing for the future of the nfl to have the best athletes playing the most important position um so that's that's kind of where i'm at i don't it's amazing that um, it's not going to be the Patriots. Like, I can well, say this right now, that yeah, the Patriots yeah. are not going to dominate the oh, decade. Oh, it's going to be a
0: great decade. <laughs> uh,
3: who knows how much longer Brady's going to do this. He's already Ugh. starting to and decline Belichick. a little bit. And I mean, Belichick. The they, should like 70, yeah, like- they should go out together. They should go out together. In my opinion, yeah, So no, I so should. the debate is never settled on who is more important. Well, Pop- Pop- Popovich
0: and Tim Duncan should have gone out together too. It's a weird. There's a really weird hangover
1: now with Popovich. So I'm weird. Yeah. I, I tell you, it's going to be really weird if they if they go out together and it goes from Brady and Belichick to like McDaniel's and like <laughs> Jacoby Brissett. Oh my like, god. They go out and they like. get him again, or yeah, and it's just like some random quarterback. We are like.
3: Um, Jarrett Stidham.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah. The guy that's there now. Yeah, yeah. it'll be really – Brian Hoyer comes back. But well, it's exciting
3: to me that, that it's not – I don't think there's – I think the there's a, so many good young quarterbacks right now. There's a total shift uh, in the power from, like, the Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Philip Rivers, that whole era. We're going to see a whole new era, and I think it's actually going to create um, maybe not a full decade. Eventually one of these teams is going to rise. Um, hopefully it won't be the Chiefs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But you're going to see a, almost a whole decade of these guys trading off, yeah. which I think is going to be really cool.
0: And even just stylistically, the way the game is played from the quarterback position. I mean, that changes when you emphasize some of the different talents. Um, what about NHL? What do you project
1: for this next decade? I mean, it's a little... Give me the abs, baby. It, Give me the abs, uh, Oh, baby. let's go! You're the only one who gets i I'm, I'm, To be honest with you... There's a good chance. There's a the team... That everybody is trying to, to race uh, against right now in terms of building up future talent is the Avs. They've got Nathan McKinnon's 24 years old. Unbelievable. M- He's Miko, younger than Jokic. Yeah. Miko, Miko Rantanen's 22. Kale McCars 21. Sam Gerard is 21. Oh you combine arguably one of the five best teams in the NHL today. They also have a top five prospect pipeline right now. Like, this is not just like, hey, this is like this this group's like one run is this year. Yeah, it's like they are set, and a lot of these guys aren't going anywhere. They are legitimately set for the at least the next five years, and it could be more like eight. They it's could incredible. have a, they could have a very Penguins-esque run where they win a championship this year, and then seven years from now, There's reinvent themselves <laughs> around the same core. And win, an, and win two, three, four more championships. I mean, they if there's a team right now at the beginning of this next decade going into the 20s in the NHL that is set up to dominate, there's no team in the NHL better prepared for that than the Avalanche. Between their age, their dominance, their skill level, and their salary cap situation, they have perfectly walked the line of all, all of those. And it's a confluence of events. They got a little bit lucky here. They got a, bit, a little bit lucky there. The end result is they've got superstars dotted around their roster, and they understand how to, to 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 supplement those guys with the right role players now. And management has figured a few things out. They've always managed the cap pretty well. And uh, to be honest with you, Kale McCarr has a chance to be one of the five best defensemen that we've seen in the last 50 years. That's incredible. That's he's, exciting, too. He's had the kind it's- of start to his rookie year where Eric Carlson – Has always been his comparable. He has a chance to make Eric Carlson look like child's play. (laughs) It's unbelievable. I mean,
3: uh, I I said this. I think on TDSP one day. I have never. How many games have they played? Twenty. Twenty-six. They played twenty-six games. I and it only took me about twenty, maybe. I've never been so confident that someone was a superstar in their rookie year, except for with Kale McCarr in any sport. Like I saw that guy, and I'm like, oh my god. He's different.
1: Yeah. He's a superstar. You know what I,
2: I love? Is how is a, I felt when I watched him in his draft year. That's so great. Uh, I love, my favorite test for that is to take someone who knows very little about the game, and I happen to. Both my mother and my girlfriend were at that game. Cale McCarr, they scored seven goals. I don't think he was involved in any – he didn't get any points, did he? Nope. And he had every one of the time, best highlights of the night in the goal he didn't score when he hit the post. Oh, every so time he had the puck, Leads the my NHL. mom just turned to me and goes, is he just bigger and faster? Who's that guy? And she was wearing the shirt. I gave yeah, her the, the all-hail awesome. Kale. Yeah, She's like, perfect. who is that? And I'm like, you like that's your guy, Mom. <laughs> and I said, just watch him. Watch. That is your guy forever. So and great. when you don't even know the sport. And LeBron was the same way when he first came out. You sure, can just of look at like, yeah. him like, who Karl is Malone. that guy? You know, Everyone else out there is a superstar athlete, but you still look at him. And, and Kale McCarr is the same way. He touches the puck. And what's he going to do with it this time?
0: I'm, I'm going to steal from Ryan's here for the NBA because I, I, I was going to give a player – But I actually think it's the rise of the international player. Mm. If you look at you got right now, the re well, I think it's really the rise, to be honest with you. I mean it's been rising. But the NBA has really made an effort to expand into Africa, into Europe, into Asia, and these are usually take a whole generation. You inspire a group of five-year-olds, and they grow up to be NBA players. Well, you look at it right now. LeBron, I think, is still the best player in the NBA. Kawhi Leonard, uh, Kevin Durant, you could throw up there near the top. But if you ask me two years from now, it's either Giannis Attentacumpo or it's Luka Doncic. And Luca, you could make a case for both of those guys right now, which is crazy. Luca, just twenty years old, and he's putting up numbers like prime LeBron. So, um, but I think that the way the NBA has expanded into these other markets. Every year you see more, not just talent, not just role players, but superstars and cornerstone pieces. And I just think that that is actually going to be exponential because you have all these academies opening up in Africa where they're working with different players. In Europe, those have already been established, and they're growing in popularity. And then, you know, obviously the Asian market's emerging as well. So uh, I think the rise, I think this next decade, we will see more Luka Doncic's, Giannis Antetokounmpo's. And those two in particular, I think, will probably be the two names that dominate the next decade. And don't forget about you. Oak. And Jokic has a chance. I know we're on the heels of some uninspired basketball from him to start the season, but I don't think he has a, a chance to be the best player of a decade. I, I, I feel pretty confident saying no to that. But he will, I do think he can have a Dirk-like run where he's in that conversation for top 10 players for a decade, mm-hmm. assuming he can break out of this little funk. Real quickly, because we have to vacate the studio, here, here. so just give me a quick, quick answer. Was baseball
2: better in 2019 than it was in 2009? Oh, that's – no. But that – I mean, I would say it was better in 2018 uh, than it was. And not just because well, it's that's not the Rocky stuff. what I stuff, mean. Is, but it but like, but is it
0: moving in a direction? I think in you...
2: general it's moving in the right direction. But a bunch of bad things happened this last – year in mm-hmm. the last calendar Stop year. Stop juicing your baseballs. But get rid of the juiced baseball. They've got to clamp down on the cheating. There was some bad stuff that came out this last year. Signal I'm, stealing. And, and, and <laughs> the science – Yeah, and then even I think you could argue – the rise of the home run strikeout game so we're seeing less base running less defense uh some people love that the chicks dig the long ball dudes dig the long ball just as much <laughs> i i like defense and base running yeah. and, and all the other things so i'm not sure it is but i think it has a chance to be much better in the next decade if they get these questions right
3: i think for the same reason that i talked about this next decade being about the athletic quarterback or the way that they're playing the position this way now i think the answer is yes um you football hasn't really skipped a beat uh at all during this period but i think that the way that the game is being played right now on offense is super duper exciting and i think because of that uh the the sport has gotten better throughout the decade
1: the hockey's significantly better yeah i mean it's not even close i you know you you it's it's every single shift has been towards skill and yeah. that only makes that, the game yeah. better
0: yeah It's the same in the NBA, in my opinion. I think LeBron had a big influence on the league because of just – he was a – he in the in the aftermath of the Jordan, it took 15 years, but everybody just wanted to chuck the ball and score 30 points per game. I think yeah. LeBron started that change, but the Golden State Warriors, and, and some of the rule changes as well, but the Golden State Warriors just having skilled position players at every position, guy positionless basketball, guys that could pass, shoot, def- they were number one defense, number one offense, I really think it's already had an impact on the league and how players play, and you're getting, in my opinion, an extremely smart brand of basketball in the NBA right now, an extremely extremely skilled brand of basketball and that certainly it has some of its problems, but I think it's moved in a direction that this decade was so much better than 2000s that I don't think you can compare 2009 to 2019 in the NBA. And I think it's, knock on wood assuming that this doesn't just become a lakers knicks uh you know heat uh decade which i i do fear will happen assuming that doesn't happen i think the quality of basketball is going to be very very exciting in the next decade guys this was a fun discussion these were really really fun topics i i thought so thank you so much for drew Kreisman, ryan konigsberg aj Hayfley, and adam Mates. this was the top of the tens who dominated the decade pod we'll have more coming to you next week